0: Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex. It is March 7th, 2022, and boy, do we have an absolutely packed show for you. As always, we are going to start off with a look at the global markets, but we're going to flip it today because there's more action in the stock market than the crypto world. So first, tokens. Major cryptos are actually pretty boring in the last 24 hours, so there's just not that much to talk about nft volume on OpenSea is falling but it's a little bit too early to call a trend there and you know bitcoin and ethereum are up like a point or down like a point so not much going on in the last 24 hours so where is the action well it is in the global stock markets looking around the world everything looks pretty bad asian stocks are really taking a hammering the nikki over in japan is off about three percent the shanghai composite is off a little more than two percent over in europe things are bad just a little bit less bad major exchanges are off about a half a point to a full point and here in the us well looking at the futures and the early trading things look kind of bleak off about half a point to a full point depending on what exchange you're looking at what's going on well in short concerns about inflation the global economy the russian invasion of ukraine are all still weighing on investors minds and narrowing our lens down to just the stocks we care about the most cloud stocks this is the twilio's and Datadog's of the world what's going on well uh it's not looking good there either in fact i just checked this morning Cloud stocks, as measured by the Bessemer Cloud Index, have given back essentially all their gains since June or July of 2020. And they grew a lot in that time period, which means that revenue multiples are down to kind of where they were or worse. That's not very good news for startups all right our top story today is as always ukraine and the russian invasion thereof we are taking a look at this story from a technology perspective but don't forget this is a political story an economic story it is more than just the way we talk about it however from the world of technology what's going on well ea and epic are going to stop selling their games inside of russia of course electronic arts and epic are two major gaming companies behind a number of titles that you know and probably have played we also recently learned that netflix is pausing its service inside of Russia. And just turning back the clock a couple of days, we recently learned that Visa and MasterCard are also suspending operations in Russia and that TikTok has started to change its service in light of new local regulations in the country surrounding content as the Russian government looks to crack down on its citizens knowing what is actually going on. The tech market's choice in this matter is actually super clear, it feels. Majors are pulling out, startups are rushing to keep their Ukrainian staff safe, and the Russian economy is increasingly ostracized, alone, and stuck with a falling currency. We are really seeing technology industries step up and kind of meet more nation state level sanctions with their own decisions. It's rather encouraging, frankly. Now, what are we seeing? Well, a race to get weapons into Ukraine, while sanctions and economic decoupling do damage and hope that the latter, which is a terminal state, before Ukraine loses the war. Yes, this is a grim damn way to start the week, but it is what matters most because we're talking about the future of Europe, a key market for both, I don't know, people. Yes. And also, I'll just say it, startups. And so what comes out of Ukraine will impact a great host of companies that we do care about here on the show. So expect this to be the top story for a couple more weeks. Normally, we kick off our B block, as we say in the script, with a look at big technology companies. But today we're going to look at the big technology companies of the startup world. So yes, we're going to talk about what I'm calling mega unicorns. A couple of notes about them today. First up, FTX is moving into Europe. FTX is a huge global crypto trading platform and is essentially adding the European continent to its overall geographic mix. Now, you've probably heard of FTX. It's raised a lot of money. It has sponsored all sorts of things from Formula One cars to other sporting franchises. Essentially, if you watch sports, you've probably seen FTX, which is their goal. Anyways, it does have a U.S. subsidiary and offers its services elsewhere in the world as well, but it will build up a new subsidiary in Switzerland to help serve the European continent more generally. How can it afford this? Well, the company last raised $400 million at a $32 billion valuation this January, so it's certainly not short of cash or investor demand. Now, just thinking out loud, I'm presuming that that fundraise was put into place in anticipation of this European expansion because it won't be cheap, but here's the overall equation we're looking at. New markets for FTX equal new trading volume, new trading volume equals new revenues, and new revenues, of course, equal growth, which is what everyone wants to see. Now, there is a caveat here. Coinbase is an American company, also operates a crypto trading platform, and it has kind of seen its value fall apart. The company is now worth around $164 per share, down around its all-time lows and far below its $250 per share direct listing reference price. Even more, the company saw its stock rise to about $430 per share at one point in time, so it is down sharply from then. So the ftx bet on more markets is notable as is its fundraising and the question is can the company keep up the growth so it doesn't get repriced as coinbase appears to be right now to a profit multiple and not a revenue multiple sticking to the european continent next up in our list of mega unicorn results is klarna now klarna of course is the bnpl giant buy now pay later a popular way for consumers to buy things online and also increasingly in the physical world a lot of competition around the world, a firm, of course, is a BNPL company in the U.S., et cetera, etc. Et so how did Klarna do last year? Well, if you read through its earnings document, you will see page after page after page of pretty positive commentary from the company about their operations and credit losses and overall kind of GMV growth. And then you scroll and scroll and scroll and you get to the actual financial results. And what do you see? Well, medium growth and accelerating losses. So here's the numbers as they matter for us this morning. Revenue at Klarna grew to 13.75 billion Swedish Krona last year up from about 10.0 billion in 2020. Okay. But it's net loss skyrocketed from 1.375 billion Swedish Krona in 2020 to a net loss of more than 7 billion Swedish Krona last year. Now we are still trying to figure out why costs went up so much at the company, but basically it does appear that the BNPL market is looking increasingly competitive to grow inside of. Now, that means that intra company competition is looking good and consumers are getting probably better deals at their checkouts, but it's not great news for BNPL companies with huge valuations to defend. There are a lot of startups in the space, a lot of bets on the startups in the space. So there is a lot of risk here and Klarna's numbers are not exactly as encouraging as we might have hoped. All right, startups. Now, the round that really caught my eye this morning was from a company called circular.io. One, love the name. I can spell it. It's going to be easy to Google. And two, .io. I love that. Are those coming back? That's my favorite TLD. Absolutely a blast. Now, the company is based in Madrid and is building what it calls a quote talent sharing platform. Now, what the hell is that? Well, TechCrunch writes that the company is building a quote new model for hiring using a platform approach which encourages companies to recommend to tech talent that they were unable to hire to circular's recruitment network interesting i have a lot of questions about that but essentially the talent market for tech workers is so bonkers hard right now that we know the company has effectively unlimited tam the question is just really efficacy does this new model that we kind of understand actually help folks hire more tech workers more quickly if so the recent 10 million dollar raise that circular just put together is going to be not the last round that it does raise if it doesn't really work well it'll go away but i love the idea of using startups To help fix a key startup problem and to close out our startup news a item from late last week that i missed and if i missed it i'm presuming that other folks did too because i'm on twitter far too much last week as we kind of wrapped up founders fund announced that it raised five billion dollars across two new funds that is a simply insane amount of money and really if founders fund had pulled this off five or ten years ago it would have been the headline of the month not something that we missed the dollar amount that Founders Fund just raised indicates that there is still institutional demand for venture allocation at historically high levels, and it also means that Miami, which is seen an influx of both venture and tech talent, has a lot of folks now on the ground with extra cash to spend. So the startup game is really afoot. Forget everything we said up top on the show, all the bad news, all the concern, all the worry, $5 billion for Founders Fund. Let's go. Closing out today, a reminder that there is an Apple event coming up this Tuesday, We are expecting new hardware and the possibility of something involving AR and, baby, VR. If you're into Apple gear, this is going to be a big day for you. And really, there's a startup angle here. AR and VR are increasingly, it seems, things for big companies to play with. Facebook has a VR strategy. Apple has an AR and VR strategy. Microsoft has an AR strategy. Okay, cool. Cool. But is it really only a market for trillion dollar companies? Or is there room for startups to actually make a dent here from a hardware perspective and not just a software perspective? Will the same platform companies build a new platform or will a new platform player kind of emerge? I don't know. What I do know is that because I bought an iMac late last year, I'm presuming the company will drop new iMacs that are better and cost half as much. And also it'll be curious to see if the company makes any notes about supply chains or the broader geopolitical environment, because, well, that matters even if yes, those are not really traditional Apple hype topics. All right, that is our show. A couple of really brief notes. You can follow me on Twitter where I tweet under the handle Alex, but more importantly, you can follow equity on Twitter where we tweet under the handle equity pod. And that matters because this is our live show week, which means on Thursday, we are going to be recording our Friday episode live on Hoppin. Jump in there if you want to ask us questions, or if you're not into that, It will also be live on Twitter Spaces, hence why our Twitter account matters, and a number of other platforms as well. That episode will come out on Friday as usual, but if you want to drop in on Thursday, ask questions, listen live, whatever it is, we'll be doing that. We'll see you then. Bye.